So we've been in this series called I'm Anchored. Um, once a year, we preach a series called I'm Anchored, and it's just to let you know who we are, what we're about, what we're trying to accomplish as a church. And in this series, we've been going over our core values as a church. We went over being authentic in all things, which we are uniquely created in the image of God to do exactly what God created us to do. The second one was last, uh, last week, and what was that? Who was here last week? Somebody keep notes. <laughs> Celebration of the big and small things, or as I say, the, the small and little things, all right? And, uh, but pray for me. But celebration of the big and small things. Pastor T did a masterful job last week of sharing a word. Um, now y'all see why I love her so much. Um, the, and this week, I want to talk about uh, our third core value, which is serving our community, serving our community. If you have your Bibles, give me a what, what? If you don't have your Bible, say, oh, it's going to be on the screen. Uh, first Peter, first Peter, everyone has a smartphone, so you have a Bible. Amen. But first Peter, um, chapter four, verses eight through 11 says this above all, keep loving who above all keep loving who one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins show hospitality to one another without grumbling as each have received a gift use it to do what serve. who one serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever and the church said Amen. Amen. As first Peter, as Peter was writing this letter, he was telling us that we ought to be serving and love one another earnestly because it reflects how much God loves us when we show how much we love one another. As a matter of fact, the writer of the gospel says, you shall know my disciples by the love that they what? Show one to another, right? And so, but when we're talking about serving a community, oftentimes we only think about the area that we're planted as a church and the area that surrounds where we are planted. So when we say community, and, and a lot of us think about just the St. Gabriel area, uh, the Highway 30 corridor, the neighborhood you live in. While this is true, it is not complete. It is not complete. The word community, when we say serve our community as a church, we're not only talking about the area that surround us, but we're talking about the people that are committed to what we do. We are a community of believers. You are a part of the community of faith. And so when you become a part of the household of faith, you join a community. So when we say serve our community, we are not just talking about the external, but we are also talking about the committed community also. Look at your neighbor and say, we didn't forget about you. We didn't forget about you because oftentimes a church could get so outreach focused that they forget to take care of the people that's already there. What sense does it make for me to reach my whole neighborhood and my family go to hell? 
And so as a church, when we say serve our community, we're not only talking about the area that's around us, but we're also talking about those of you who are committed followers of Jesus and are a part of the mission and vision of Anchor Chapel. The scripture refers to the people of God as the body of Christ numerous times throughout the scripture. It's the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body of Christ. But here's the first thing I want you to write this down or take a picture. We are here to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the lost and hopeless humanity, to lost and hopeless humanity. If we are the body of Christ, we mobilize Christ's mission, right? Bodies who don't reach, an arm that cannot reach firmly out, they call it handicap. Hello? An arm that cannot reach and lift up, they call weak or handicapped. And as the body of Christ, we have to reach out and lift up. And that's why we serve the external community, but we also serve the committed community because we are the body of Christ. Each of us are individual parts. Some of you may be the toe. Some of you may be the toenail. Come on. Some of you may be the fingers. Some of you may be the head. Some of you may be the eyes. Some of you may be the ears. And when they all come together, we form Voltron. (laughs) But the truth is, that's how we are. We are the body of Christ. Ephesians 2.10 in the message says this, he created each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. Work we had better be doing. We are his workmanship crafted for God's handiwork. And so we should be doing the work that God has called us to do as a church. We cannot just come and have well-crafted services on Sunday morning and not bringing healing to our community or our internal community. When I kneel down to pray before I come up, I say, God, don't let me just be eloquent of speech, but let me be full with the power of the Holy Spirit because that's what changed lives. So I better be doing my work. I understand what Jeremiah said unto me. Jeremiah said in his word, he said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I have to carry out what God asks us to do. Amen? From the beginning, God ordained the social aspect of humanity. So in this room, we have two sets of people. We have introverts and extroverts. Introverts thrive during the pandemic. (laughs) I ain't have to see nobody. I ain't got to talk to nobody. If I want to avoid them, I just hide the phone. I mean, I I don't have to go nowhere. I get everything delivered to my house. Pandemic, what, what? Some of y'all are like, hear me roar. I never have to put on clothes. PJs is now the new uniform. I mean, mean, it was amazing for some of you. But for us extroverts, we was like, I need human interaction. I'm going crazy. I need to talk to somebody. I need to tell somebody something. I need to hear what's going on. What's going on in their life? Hey, what's going on? You're just standing outside, people walking past, and I'm waving at everybody. Hey, how y'all doing? My wife was like, you know a pandemic going on. I don't care. Hey. Oh, that's your kid. Oh, that's all. What's his name? Hey, you 
I just needed human interaction. I needed to get around people. And so because God created us to be socially craving, we have a social craving. Isolation is not normal. It's not. That's why they use it as punishment in prison. Because it's not normal, okay? That's not normal. God created you to be social. Watch this, Genesis 2.18. Then the Lord said, then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Hmm. Y'all thought I made that social aspect up, right? The scripture said it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. This is not just marriage. We, we, it, marriage was spoken by Adam. God didn't say it's not good that man should be alone. Let me make him a wife. Oh, man. If y'all want a marriage message, come on September 21st. We're doing Committed for Life. We're going to give a good marriage message. So all my married people, get ready. But today, I want you to understand that he created us to be social. When God created everything, when he said, let the this, let this, uh, light be the day, let the lesser light be the night, when the water goes here and the land goes there and the fish go here and the cattle go there and the moo moo here and the moo moo there and here moo there moo there. But, but anyway, when God did all that, he said, Said, it was good. this was the first time we hear God say it's not good it's not good he didn't say the two lions fighting in the field wasn't good he said man being alone was not good wow when we isolate ourselves we set ourselves isolation from isolation from humanity equals annihilation for humanity. When you isolate yourself, you're setting yourself up for annihilation. I remember when I went to Africa, the first time I saw impalas run through the bush. Oh, the, they call them the McDonald's of the bush because they got an M on his butt. And uh, man, watching them impalas run, it was so amazing. But then every time one decided to do his own thing, became lunch. Or I shot it, one or the other. I mean, I'm just, we donated the meat. But I'm serious. When it went off by itself, that's the one that got attacked. Nature teaches us. That's why Jesus was very agricultural in his messages. Because nature teaches us how we should live ourselves. John 15 is all about agriculture. And so when we run off and we go do our own thing, the enemy, what the Bible says, the enemy is walking about like a roaring lion, seeking, seeking whom he may what? Devour. And so if you're off by yourself willy-nilly, I don't need church, I don't need people, I don't need a community, I don't need anybody to do anything. The enemy like, I got him. I got him. I got him. And then all of a sudden, all hell break loose. Let me talk to married couples. When you feel like you can do marriage all by yourself and not be in, in lockstep with your spouse, the enemy will run through your house ramshack, will tear it up. And now you can't even communicate with your spouse. 
children, when you want to, I want to break away from, from my mom and my daddy, and I want to get away. I, uh, really? And then when responsibility hits you, you're going to wish you was back under that covering. Uh, ancient African proverb says it takes a village to raise a child. I remember when I was growing up, man, we would do something like, I remember one time I threw a rock at a friend of mine and it busted a window. And before I made it home, I caught three whoopings. And then when I made it home, I caught another one. <laughs> because the whole neighborhood was responsible for every child. Because they understood that it takes a community to serve. Can I get amen? amen? When we attach ourselves to something bigger than, than we are as an individual, we make the biggest impact in our communities. We just read that letter that was sent to us from Safe Haven from Ukraine. We did that as a church. We did that as a church to help our community. The community is so much bigger than what we see on Sunday mornings or what we see in our online views or what we get on our Instagram hits. It's so much bigger than that. And we did that as a community and we came together. What if you would have just sent your one check as an individual? It was so much better when we came together and say, let us all come together and serve the broken humanity in Ukraine. Yes. And we were able to see lives saved, like from death, like eternal rest. They're still alive today because of the generosity of the community of Anchor Chapel. And so we have to join ourselves to something that's often bigger than us. Acts 4.32 says this in NASB 1995. It says, and the congregation the congregation of those who believe were of one heart and soul and not one of them claimed that anything belonging to them was his own, but all things were common property to them. You cannot be a Christian and be selfish. You cannot. You cannot be a Christian and not love people. I ain't say like. <laughs> he ain't say this is my commandment that you like one another. <laughs> that this is my commandment that you love one another. And uh, we love one another. Here is a uh, quote by Gif Guga. It says, when the body of Christ unites, the enemy will have no one to divide. When we come together, the enemy will have no one to divide. We are the example to a very divisive generation. A generation that is split along party lines, along color lines, along ideologies. I mean, man, we just can't get along on anything. But how many of you know under the banner of Jesus Christ, when we unite, we create an example for the world to follow? It doesn't matter what color I am. It doesn't matter what background I'm from. I'm a part of a community that is bigger than the sum of the individual part. It is greater 
than just my background. Now to all our stories come together and it paints upon the tapestry of creation, the love of Jesus Christ, no matter how rich you are, no matter how poor you are, no matter the color of your skin, no matter the education level that you have, no matter your socioeconomic status, no matter your job, no matter how the size of your house, no matter what kind of car you drive. When we come together as believers, we paint a beautiful picture that humanity can stand back and say, that is a masterpiece created by the master that shows that someone cares for me even before I cared for him. That's why we have to be the church that creates this great community. Do you hear me? Are you tracking with me? We are the body of Christ with Christ Jesus being the head of the body. Jesus told us that he came to serve. Matthew 20, 27 through 28 says this, and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your willing and humble slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, paying the price to set them free from the penalty of sin. When we look at the world, we cannot ignore that it is sin sick. What does that mean? It has embraced an immoral life. And immoral is now the norm. If you stand up and say, well, I'm, I'm going to keep myself until I find the one that God sent me, they look at you like you crazy. Well, I'm not going to go out and, and get high on somebody else's supply, but I'm going to just get, get, get high on Jesus Christ. And they look at you like something wrong with you. They, you say, I'm not going to lie, steal, cheat, kill. And they look at you like something is wrong with you. It's because the world has turned wrong side up. But I love the Bible said these, this is the story of the men who turned the world upside down. And I believe we could do that when we unite as a community that we can write a story that people can read in the history books in the future. And we can create a future where where people are holding on to what God says is right and abhorring what the world said is right. Do you hear me? I want a society where my children can grow up and feel secure in knowing that they're standing for what's right. And it takes us to serve humanity. The Bible says that he paid the penalty. Jesus came and he became a servant to pay the price that they are broken away from the bondage of sin. Don't you know that we still have to sacrifice ourselves? Well, pastor, I don't want to be a part of it. I mean, you know, uh, it's no, no, no. It's, It's not an option. If you call yourself a Christian, which means to be Christ-like, are you really serving like Christ? He says, if you want to be first, get low. I was tempted to name this message, get down with your bad self. (laughs) Because in the kingdom, the way up is down. Everyone looks at me when they oh, pastor, pastor, and they use pastor as this high lofted term. No, when I became pastor, I got low. 
I'm under you. I serve you. I give my life for you. My family gives their lives for you. And that's why we serve the kingdom. And so when we become Christians, we get low. We refuse sometimes the right to be right. I don't get attitudes all the time because I want to prove my point. You're going to see it my way. No, let them see it God's way by you being humble. I knew I wasn't going to get too many amens on that. I see necks rolling already in the seat. I wish they would tell me. I will take them. Oh, come on, boo-boo. Are you learning something? So as Anchor Chapel, we are a community of believers who are commissioned with being tasked to bring hope to every soul. That's our big why. Why? Why do we exist? We exist to bring hope to every soul. That's why we exist. And so we are a community. And we exist for our community, in and out, not the community existing for us. Say that again. We exist for our community. So lots of people, when they're church planning, they they reverse church plan. They look for a community that can serve them instead of looking for a community they can serve. Don't you know I was called crazy for moving down here to St. Gabriel? How dare you move out of the city and then move down to St. Gabriel? Because that community needs to be served. They ain't going to say that when we take over the whole Highway 30 corridor for the hope of Jesus. Oh, y'all scared. Y'all scared. People are going to be riding down Highway 30. They're going to be known as God's Highway. Amen. The Highway to Heaven. Highway to Heaven. I speak that in Jesus' name. Write this down or take a picture. Serving to us is more than a well-crafted outreach or being on the 18. It is the ability to bring the love of God to those around us. When we say we serve... We're not just saying be an usher, a host, or on the connections team, or serving on a worship team, or serving in production, or serving in children's, or serving in park. We're, we're not just saying that. We're saying that we're signing up to show the love of Jesus. Yeah. I might just be good at taking care of kids. Don't let me serve in children. Your kids will come back riled up, boy, <laughs> all jacked up off Mountain Dew. I'm telling you, I don't have them kids. God knows, boy, I, man, I will spoil your kids right. And they wouldn't want to come home. They'd be like, he let me do whatever I want to do. That's right. All of us, we just bad. <laughs> come on. But that's what it's about. It's about showing the love. So when we ask you to sign up to serve, we're not asking you to just sign up to work. Don't hear the word work. Hear the word love. Hey, would you join us in bringing love to the people that God has called us to serve? See, see the difference? It's diametrically opposed to what people are asking you for in the world. We're asking you for your heart, which you display with your hands through serving. Can I get an amen? amen? So serving our community is powerful because why? Why is it powerful? Number one, it puts the heart of the father on display. Serving our community is powerful because it puts the heart of God on display. Matthew 16, 5, 16 says, keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. 
This generous father in heaven. Keep open house. Don't close yourself off. When the body of Christ serves the community, we illuminate how much God loves them. They're like, man, these people are crazy enough to stand in the 99 degree weather in Louisiana to give us water? Wow, God must really love us. Because I ain't doing it unless I'm, I'm representing something greater than I am. Come on. I don't like heat. I'm bald, big, and black. It's hot. It don't bounce off me. It sticks. Y'all was thinking it. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Jeez. So when we do that, we illuminate. So, so like, for instance, the twins are heading up starting in September, the first week, the second week in September, we'll be stocking MSA Teacher's Lounge with all their teacher goods. Why are we doing that? We're, we're stocking it with snacks and, and chocolate and candy and granola bars and drinks. Why are we doing that? Because we, we don't want them to just, we're not doing that to put anchor on a map. We're doing that to show the teachers that God loves them and the mission that they're doing. Yeah. Why do we send money to Ukraine? Not just so they can say, anchor send money. No, we ain't doing that. Why do we take care of the church in Mexico? It's not just for that. We're serving our community to put the Father on display. That's why we do that. That's why it's one of our core values. Can I get an amen? The second thing is it creates healthy families. Some of the top reasons families fall apart is this, through, through my research, the lack of commitment to one another, growing apart, extramarital affairs, conflicts over family responsibilities. Families fall apart for those reasons. And so the community of Christ have all the answers to those problems. And when we come into the house of God, there's answers about extramarital problems. We'll teach commitment. What is true commitment? I always tell people when they go through it, I remember when Alexis and Jim was coming through counseling, I told Alexis, if he can't commit to Jesus, he can't commit to you. Leaving. He got saved the next week. Hallelujah. Anyhow, sit standing on the back wall, been with me for over 12 years. But the truth is, if they can't commit to the Father, what makes you think they're going to commit to you? You can't do nothing but deny them from pleasure. They can't commit to someone that, that, that's not going to receive them into the blissfulness of heaven. Oh, are you with me? And so we have the answers to uh, growing apart. What, what, what does that mean? That means that you can't, how two can walk together unless they agree. We teach you how to agree to disagree in church. That I don't have to agree with everything you say, but I'm going to love you through it. Yeah, that's right. And families are falling apart because they don't value each other as children of God. This is a preview, September 21st, married couples. One of the things, I, I, reason my wife and I, we, we, we grow to love each other more and more with the years that go by. We'll be celebrating 20 years on September 7th. Man, it's going to be amazing. 20 years together, over 20 years with dating combined. But the reason we, we are able to stick together and we love each other that much now is because I don't look at her as a piece of property. She's a child of God. So how dare I disrespect the father's daughter? 
that she look at me as a son of God first. So I'm not going to disrespect my father's son. Because the Bible says when we die and we go to heaven, we're all just children of God. <laughs> so when I disrespect her, I'm disrespecting God. Whoo. Married couples, y'all give an extra offering. Come on. The community of faith helped the individual, men, women, and children become whole in Christ. Because while children pull away in families is because we create an identity crisis because as parents, we try to live vicariously through our children. I told y'all the story about my son with soccer and how I told him he don't have to play sports and all these kind of things. And we, we were getting ready to sign him up yesterday and we brought him in a room. I said, let me ask him first. I said, son, do you want to play soccer this year? He said, no, sir. And I was like, okay. Cool. What you want to do? I just want to be a student. Well, be a student. Be the best student. Because I don't have to be, because I played sports growing up. Now I want my kid to play sports growing up. No, I want my kid to find his identity in Jesus. And I foster and cultivate that identity in Christ. And then he grew up to be great at whatever God made him to be great at. Do you hear me, parents? Instead of creating an identity culture in our kids, oh, I'm not an athlete like my daddy. Oh, I'm not smart like my daddy. Oh, yeah, my dad. And the son, now the son is confused. Instead of saying, I'm just like my father. The way that I am. Daughters are confused because mothers want them to be just, come on, y'all. Are y'all with me? Oh, gosh, this clock is moving too fast. The next one, it allows people who have been left out, come on up team, who have been left out to find a place to belong. It allows people who have been left out to find a place to belong. Galatians 5.13 says this, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to live a life, a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. Anything that's not growing is dying. The word of God teaches us that with love and kindness, we have drawn people. So when we show the love of God, it creates opportunity for people to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and become a part of our blessed community. That's why we need to have Planet Fitness Church judgment-free zone. Are you with me? People walk through that front door and the first thing they see is judgmental eyes. Oh my God, they got tattoos. Oh my God, they got nose rings. Oh my God. The Bible says, take heed, leech you fall. I love it when it says, such were some of you. The problem is when we get into this community, sometimes we isolate ourselves so much that we forget that God's grace was extended towards us. And so we don't view people through eyes of loving others compassionately. We have it on the walls up here in boldness, loving others compassionately. So I don't care what you're wrapped in. I don't care. Here it is. This is a statement. Y'all heard me say this a thousand times. At Anchor Chapel, you belong before you behave. Do you hear me online? Whenever you're watching this, you belong before you behave. Oh gosh, the clock is in red. The next one, 
I can't move past this one. Guys, listen. As a church, it's time for us to, like that song says, swing wide the gates and accept broken humanity into this place that is already broken. All of us are broken. All of us are damaged goods. But thank God for the grace of God that accepted us in our broken state and loved us the way that we were. And then he pulled us in and he said, let me walk this out with you. I'll clean you up on the journey. Don't worry about being clean when you come in. Some of you in here right now, this is the first time you've heard there's a God that loves you the way that you are. That's how we serve our community. This is important because this community needs to grow. Can I get an amen? The next one is, it shines a ray of hope to all that are hopeless. Isaiah 58, 10 says this, feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. As a community of believers, we run into darkness. We don't run from darkness. That's why we serve our community. We look for darkness and we run into darkness. Why? Because darkness can't comprehend light. And darkness is dispelled. And for the first time, people who are surrounded by negative people, negative Nancys, you know, poor Nancy, she get the rap for it. Pouty Peter. You know, people always complaining. People always saying, and they're surrounded. And then we step in with the joy of the Lord. And for the first time, they feel like they can see again. I can see where I'm going. That's the purpose of creating a healthy, vibrant community that is bringing hope to the lost and broken humanity. Do you hear me, church? Do you hear my heart, not just my words? I want you to hear my heart. This is what I exude. This is what wakes me up. When I stand out and I'm driving and I see people riding bikes down Highway 30, when I see all the cars passing by during the week, my heart breaks thinking that just one may not know the Lord. Just one feel like they're trapped in the situation they're in and there's no hope. If that's the case, why do we exist? We exist to bring that hope. Oh, come on. Are you with me? Lastly, when we serve our community, we give them the opportunity for freedom from the bondage of sin. This is last, but it's first. We give them an opportunity for freedom from the bondage of sin. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. says this, wars have been fought for, treaties and pacts have been formed to ensure it. Men and women have sacrificed everything for the chance to experience it. And that it is freedom. La-di-da-di, everybody wants to be free. They may not express it, but they want to be free. Isaiah 61 and 1, this is a prequel to what uh, Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to, to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released and the prisoners will be what? Freed. There's a lot of people that are in bondage wrapped up in sin, feel like there's no way out. I'm here to tell you, there's a way out. There's a way of escape, and his name is Jesus. 
And you say, well, if I let this go, you know, um, uh, I remember we were in a community pastoring and, and um, there were people wrapped up in religion and, and we were teaching the freedom that is found through Jesus and they were wrapped up in religion. And what would happen is when they come out of that religion, their family would disown them. So a lot of them were like, well, I, I can't break free from this. I can't break free because my family is going to disown me and I won't have anywhere to live. So we had to figure out a way to meet their needs naturally so they can figure. And this is in America, y'all. I'm not talking about a Muslim nation. I'm talking about America where people have the freedom to choose their own religion and what they want to do. And they say, I want to follow Jesus this way. And they were like, well, you can't be a part of my family. And I'm not talking about a long time ago. I'm talking about six years ago. And they were found bound. And we had to figure out a way to help them understand that there's freedom. And their concern was they were going to lose the one community that they felt they had. So we had to show them that they're not going to lose a community, but they're gaining so much more than they're losing. That's our community of faith. When we have people, we have to show them that when they choose Jesus, they get brothers and sisters they didn't know they have. Come on, they get uncles and cousins and nephews. I mean, they get spiritual fathers. They get all these things that they thought they were losing. But when they come into the house of God, they got people that's going to tend to their physical needs, their spiritual needs, and their emotional needs. Why? Because that's what God called us to do. Come on, somebody. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. So, core value number three, serving the community. Remember, the community is so much more than the area that surrounds us. It's that and the ones who are committed to the community of faith. It's people in China, it's people in Africa, it's people in Mexico, it's people in Canada, it's people in Montana, it's people in West Virginia, Mountain Mama, it's people in the swamps, it's people in the city. Come on, it's, it's, it's Saints fans, it's Kansas City Chiefs fans, it's most definitely Tiger fans, I mean. It's all those people that need to know that there is freedom found in Jesus and we have to show the love of God to them. Hear my heart as a pastor. Those of you who are watching online, wherever you are, we're watching this. September 11th, man, it's Welcome Back Sunday, man. We welcome everybody back. Some of us, like I said, isolated ourselves during a pandemic. God has given us, it's okay to take protocols, but it's time for you to come home. It's time for you to get back faithful in the community because it's one thing to watch online it's another thing to be in the room and feel the energy it's, it's something about being present Johnny was talking about that it's like it's something about presence it, it, it's 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 pronounced it's defined you, you can't replicate that at home I tried I'm serious I tried I tried I'm like I'm going to this conference online and I'm watching before you know it I'm playing phase 10 on my phone oh okay that was a good word well that was good because there's no accountability in that there's no accountability but when we get in a community like this we have people that's going to hold us accountable and, and uh don't don't miss 
Don't miss week five, man. We're talking about our anchor groups and, and getting plugged into that community, how the community grows outside of the church. Can I get an amen? Come on, everyone stand to your feet. Was that a good word? Amen. I gave you my best. I'm empty. I'm empty. I'm empty. You may be here and you're saying, I want to be a part of that community of faith. I, I want to know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I want to make that decision to say no to the world, yes to Jesus. Uh, if that's you, we're all going to pray this prayer with you. We're not going to put you on the spot. The only thing I ask is if you pray this prayer with sincerity, fill out a connect card after it. Let us know you prayed this prayer, whether you're online or whether you're president is building that someone will contact you and tell you about next steps. I am serious about growing this freedom that we have. Y'all, I am so free. I'm like, KB, I'm so free. I got no chains on me. That's KB, right? Okay. Yeah, I got that right. KB. I don't even listen to Christian rap, but I know that. But, um, I want to pray. Come on, just lift your hands right now. Father, I thank you now, God, for your glory that's in this place. Thank you for this community that you have given us a place to belong before we behave, God. Thank you for loving us and allowing us to find family and community and find purpose and freedom that's only found through Jesus Christ. And know that there's hope for every soul. Come on, everyone say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I give my life to you. I declare that today... You're not only my Savior, but you are my Lord. And I know that I am saved. And I'll spend eternity with you forever and ever. Amen. Come on, let's give God the best shout of praise. Thank you for joining us for this message. If you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries, you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.